Welcome to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast, where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey, I'm podcasting here. I would like to think of myself <laughs> Please as... Please delete that. <laughs> no, that's dead. <laughs> no, that's going to be on the theme music now. I would like to think of myself as more of a uh, president of the world, but yeah, I'll be a king of the world for today. And... Uh, it is Wednesday, so we are joined by another Heart of the Ocean. Today, our Heart of the Ocean is Tim Root from 20 Years of Nitro. Welcome, Tim. Hey, thank you so much for that uh, that warm, warm welcome. <laughs> uh, and today, we are discussing Minute 33 of Titanic. Uh, and in this minute, Jack Dawson is king of the world. Maybe the most famous line in the movie but we can jump into it. But before we jump into it, let's start out this minute with more dolphins jumping <laughs> and uh, and Captain Edward Smith having his tea. Again, just disregarding a potential security risk of two rapscallions out in the bow. No biggie. You know, to be fair, if they had been out there a little bit later, maybe we could have avoided all of this. I mean, they're, they're checking these poor people for lice. They're going through their beard, but it's just have free reign of walk, walking about. And, you know, cruise ships had a problem with this after the movie came out with people trying to go to the bow of the ship to recreate that shot. Were they all lower deck people who did it? <laughs> Aren't all people on a cruise lower deck people? So, so in 2013... I don't think highly of cruises... <laughs> So in 2013, one cruise line started offering that as like an experience on the ship, oh, and they God. would like strap them in so they didn't fall overboard because it's very pretty dangerous to be up there because yeah. there's a lot of equipment, <laughs> a, a <laughs> lot of equipment windy. up there. Yeah, so it's um, like the king of the world experience or something. I think they called it. I could be wrong about the name of it. Now for 25 extra become... dollars, will a guy doing just a a terrible Italian like pantomime stand in front of me while I do it? I am absolutely <laughs> willing to do that job if they're hiring um speaking of standing uh behind jack kind of really gets up in fabrizio's business here um, for, yeah. for a long time too yeah <laughs> from from captain smith's uh perspective i wonder what he thinks is going on <laughs> he's just drinking his tea and just seeing like you know from behind it looks that poor like italian fellow <laughs> He's got no choice. Either he jumps overboard or he takes it. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> I, I'm uh, curious about the dolphins because in, you know, I, I to get in context for this minute, I kind of watched everything up to this minute and then I, I stopped at the end. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's shots of dolphins kind of at the end of the preceding minute that seem like heavily CGI'd and then suddenly it cuts to this and it's like stock footage of dolphins jumping. Yeah, that's a it good is, question. It, I know about uh, it is actually, if it's a wide angle or a long shot like that, yeah. that is actually, uh, it's a naval cruiser or something. And then James Cameron uh, put the Titanic 
CG or model over it. So that oh. that's maybe why it's so jarring is because yeah, the overhead shot is uh, magical Jumanji dolphins or something, <laughs> and then the the long shot is actual dolphins in front of a boat. Uh, I was gonna bring this up later, but it it's already we've gone there, so let's just finish Do it. Do it. Okay. Would this movie be better if Jack and Fabrizio just got together? Because I think they're oh. a good couple. Are you shipping that? <sighs> uh, and I meant ship, Duff, not boat. <laughs> okay. So, so like you're instead of Romeo and Juliet on a boat, it's Brokeback Mountain on a boat. I just think like there's something there. That's there's something there. Do, do I you mean, guys disagree? I, I've continued to say the biggest tragedy in this movie is what happens to Fabrizio. And now if you start adding a love story angle to it, it's even sadder. I, so that brings up a question that I had watching this for the first time since probably 1998. Uh, what does happen to Fabrizio? Because when he came on screen, I was like, oh, that's right. I, I briefly remember this guy, but I have no idea where he goes after the romance kind of starts up. Uh, he just sort of disappears, and then he literally disappears in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Is he eating, like, a big plate of spaghetti as he drowns? <laughs> uh, actually, it's he's the one of the columns falls on him, doesn't it? Yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the smokestacks falls he on him. He actually, yeah. does he, does he, he's swimming towards a lifeboat, but he has so many gold chains on that he can't swim on <laughs> water to get to it. <laughs> Does he slap both of his cheeks and say "Mama Mia" as he falls at him? <laughs> yeah, but Fabrizio, yeah, very, I I think I'm in agreement that he's the most tragic character. Um, but yeah, he he kind of comes and goes. We he, we don't really see him once Jack. That, okay, first of all, that's another thing about this whole arrangement. Not only does Jack probably talk Fabrizio into the poker game, talks him into the ship, he ditches him. <laughs> I know! Uh, Tim, you say you haven't watched this in a long time, but basically, after Jack meets Rose, we see Fabrizio for maybe five minutes until he shows up at the end when everything's sinking and going crazy and then a column falls on him. A now, is, is the other him. time we see him before, you know, all hell's breaking loose, is he teaching Kathy Bates his mama's uh, meatball recipe? <laughs> <laughs> By the end, he turns into an Italian funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs> his, I mean, the, the accent this guy's doing is bonkers it's hilarious i mean it's just it's I like look it when up a child I... watches an old movie and then does an imitation of an italian person is what it is it's you uh, find an eight-year-old and say what do you think mario sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> did that guy become anything i didn't recognize him uh he's an unlockable character in the new mario kart game uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i think uh, we... he does the voice of waluigi <laughs> Uh, I think we looked him up, and it was maybe some, you know, like Law and Order episodes or something, like every actor does. He what was the movie we mentioned that he was in? Uh, oh, he's the in The Rock. Yeah, he's in The Rock. And, oh, interesting. Uh, Eraser, the Schwarzenegger movie from the nineties, yep. and yep. then and yeah, a lot of TV though, a lot of TV, CSI, NCIS, The Mentalist, Arrow. Uh, yeah. The only the only cast member I researched is I was wondering who the captain was, and I didn't realize that he was uh, the king of Rohan. Yes. Yep. Speaking of kings of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real He's and pro- fantastic. 
Uh, Tim, we have sort of a, it's not official yet, but we're sort of playing around with uh, having brackets for the worst lines in this movie. Okay. And uh, I'm going to nominate one here, which is uh, when Fabrizio says that he can see the Statue of Liberty already. Very small, of course. <laughs> the follow-up of very small, of course. It's such an unnecessary button on that joke. Like it was going to be real size. <laughs> they might so, not know it's a joke. Better have them add something. <laughs> okay, uh, so this again in the yesterday, Tim, I brought up my a hypothesis that James Cameron instructed Danny Nucci that Fabrizio has special needs, <laughs> and I think this strengthens my case right here. It certainly it certainly doesn't argue against it. <laughs> uh, we so so I. Two points on this line. One, I think Jack, to continue your point, um, Duff does laugh out of politeness. Like it's not a real <laughs> laugh. It's sort of like uh, I can I can relate. <laughs> uh, also, I was thinking. You know, we have uh, we always ask our listeners to do some stuff for us. If someone could dub in a Chewbacca roar over that line, the sequence would be much better. If whenever Fabrizio talks, we just hear Chewbacca roaring. Um, this is a sincere question. Do you think he was worried that the crowd would be laughing so hard at Fabrizio's Statue of Liberty line that they wouldn't hear Jack's King of the World line? That the the King of the World was like the B side. Yeah, took, like that people took would, off unexpectedly. Yeah, so he, the, crowd, he, the, the theater was laughing so much they just didn't hear it. So he asked uh, Leo to just do like a polite chuckle to kind of give a buffer in there. Yep. Oh, Fabrizio. <laughs> I didn't look it up, so I just wrote in my. I just called him Giuseppe in my notes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did read that James Cameron uh, uh, moves it. So I mean, this whole this whole sequence is shot um, on like a, a stage essentially, and that uh, he just moved the camera around a lot in order to uh, in order to like simulate movement, but then. It, uh, they had like built the the bow of the ship like a like a set like a 25 30 foot bow of the ship for this but then we see at the end of this minute like a like a the beginning of the big CGI uh, Titanic shot and that is actually uh, once the camera gets far enough away they then c- cut to like a CGI model of them and to do that and I saw this footage it had them on uh, it had uh, Jack and Fabrizio on a turntable, and it was all green screen. They were just turning it around and filming it. And then what? that's <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> so that's incredible. <laughs> Tim, do you think that Fabrizio would be too racist for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing as too racist yeah, for wrestling. It certainly he, depends he, on the year you're talking in, I guess. Uh, do do you think you uh, we know that you uh, are doing this podcast about nitro? Do you think a caricature as broad as this one would have made it to the airwaves? I'm thinking probably yeah, but or or maybe more, make this more specific for you, Tim. Who is drawn with a broader brush, Fabrizio or Razor Ramon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I I was trying to remember his name, but I was I had the the face <laughs> even though i know that's wwf like scott hall early scott hall was very razor ramon-esque as well oh sure well yeah he i mean attaching a g at the end of man so it becomes mang every time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about as far as he'll do with the accent as long as he's saying mang 
it's it's Hispanic somehow. <laughs> it's the I'm, I'm gonna Pac- go with the Pacino and Scarface accent. <laughs> I really do feel like Fabrizio is is just maybe it's just because it's the most recent thing I've watched. But I was like, I'm having a hard time remembering a caricature that was in like such a you know because we don't get in a prominent bro- blockbuster now. We try to shy away from these things. Especially yeah. since he's the well, we just closest white thing people. to a character of color in this entire We have movie. white people be all the characters. That's <laughs> yeah. I was just going to... We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but Jack's enthusiasm, it goes into uh, cocaine territory. He is way... Like, even Fabrizio, with his comically accentuated accent, Fabrizio's at, like, a 6, and Jack is at a 10. Jack is so excited, and he's there's some, there's some manicness there. <laughs> I was pretty surprised going back to this movie, at least in the short amount of Leo scenes that I saw leading up to this minute. He's bad in this, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's not good. There's a couple times where he's... Yeah, it's obvious that he hasn't gotten his acting chops. I we haven't really talked about what you think of him as an actor. I like him a lot. I almost always enjoy stuff he's in. Yeah, no, generally I think he's great, which yeah. is why I was so surprised going yeah, back to this. Yeah, he's he, a lot of his lines fall really flat in this. And to be fair, not the greatest dialogue, but I I think other people do a good job. So, yeah, it's Um See, I I kind of disagree. I thought when I when I went back to this Oh no! Um, You're gonna I, defend I, it. Yeah, it's I am. awful, dude. He's no, so no. bad in this movie. I disagree. I think he's so charming and so charismatic that like it doesn't matter when he has his like the James Cameron clunky lines. Like he's just such a likable. It um, doesn't ruin it for me, but there's just a lot of times I notice it. It's not his. I mean, he, there's only so much he can do with the writing. Yeah. I'm really I guess that's my I didn't thing think... is I don't really blame Leo on this like because I, I think he's just like he his presence has so much to it. No, he has star. Um, he has charisma. I'm with you on that. Yeah. That like how do you? I mean, if you were given this, I mean, listen. <laughs> if the four of us were given this but line think, and told to stand Wind... behind an Italian cartoon and yell "King of the World" and put our arms back, but but <laughs> Rob, that's this is the one thing I wanted to say before we really dive into the Oscar thing. This line is not in the script. Oh, this is an ad lib. Ooh. I don't. Uh, Cameron doesn't say I'm. If it was him or Leo, but it's not in the script. At least the sh- the shooting script I'm referring to. Interesting. So um, either Leo I... came up with it, or Cameron came up with it on set and told him to say it. Or Danny Nucci came up with it. It's like Yao King of the World. He, he whispered. Me. He whispered it in his ear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Or maybe he went, you know, maybe he went for it, and then Cameron was like, "Well, I like the line, but we're we're giving that to Jack." I am king of the world. <laughs> I'm coming to America <laughs> today. <laughs> so, Tim, I got a question for you because we Duff just kind of alluded to Neil Diamond, and this made me think of something. Who is more subtle in their writing? Let's rank them. These three. <laughs> Professional wrestling, James Cameron, or Neil Diamond. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, and I... And I'm not saying this... I, like, I, I'm a professional wrestling uh, f- fan, not uh, not to, to the degree that you are or Rob is, but... 
but I am fond of it. So don't. I hope you don't think this is coming from a place of mockery. It's coming from a place of love. Oh no, no, no offense taken. Um, I'd say you know I've seen wrestling be subtle. It doesn't happen very much, and it's not certainly no. known for it. Uh, I've not seen Neil Diamond be subtle, and I certainly <laughs> have not seen. God, it's 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 a real toss up between Diamond and Cameron. Um, but if I factor in, you know, a few of the other Cameron things like Avatar, I guess I'm going to say he's even oh. more um, blatant <laughs> than Neil Diamond. I feel like Neil Diamond would laugh out loud if if someone told him about Unobtainium. And yeah, that, and <laughs> like that. That's exactly. What I was thinking like if James Cameron wrote for WWE, there'd be the, a tag team called the Bad Guys. <laughs> He would be the writer that no one wants to work with because he's too dumb and too broad. <laughs> I guess I should, you know, just as a Nitro podcaster, I should point out that Scott Hall's eventual nickname in wrestling was the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't know that. This is a better, I got a better way to put this because all three, you know, have their over the top nature. Which of the three would you want writing your eulogy? Um, I'm going to go with Neil Diamond <laughs> because he'll be able to get everyone to hold hands. <laughs> At least everyone would be participating. Yeah. Hands. <laughs> I, I would get Neil Diamond. He wouldn't even need to do anything. He just needs to sing Heartlight. Everyone will be bawling. Oh, there you go. No, yeah, we're talking original content. Yeah. See, I think you got to go wrestling there because in a shocking development, you come out of the casket at the end yeah. and you're not dead. <laughs> you're just a bad guy now. Yeah, I, I do want a twist during my funeral of some kind. Like if my spouse, like heel turning during my eulogy would yeah. be really good. All of yeah. a sudden, your enemy's music starts playing. and you... <laughs> Duff and I come out the back and knock the casket over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, so uh, let's let's talk about the worst promo of all time: James Cameron's best picture speech. <laughs> oh, so I, I this part I do know is, is it was it for best picture speech. or is best director? Okay, I was best just director. Ask that. Yeah. Um, and if our listeners don't know, James Cameron after Titanic won, I don't know how many awards, eleven or nine, is a lot. Uh, he won best director, and to be fair, he thanked a lot of people, but then at the end, that's he not yelled, to be fair. They all do. But then at the end, he yelled, I'm king of the world, and then whooped a few times. <laughs> Don't underwrite those whoops. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the most embarrassing. I, I, I really do think it's the most embarrassing moment in the history. And there's a lot of them, but it's the most embarrassing moment in the history of the Academy Awards. And he, he's, like, sniffing a lot. Like, he's, Gee, he's got a beard. <laughs> And he's sniffing a lot, and it just reminds me of Harry Ellis from Die Hard. Like he just, I'm like, did you do a bunch of coke, James Cameron, before you went up there? Is this a worse uh, Best Picture winner than Crash? No, no, absolutely not. I'm gonna also say no. Crash is loathsome every second. There's occasional moments in this movie where. It's okay. Even Grumpy Joe finds some things to like in Titanic. I, I Crash is my least favorite movie of all time. I think what yeah. I think what kind of really sticks in my craw about its win though is that L.A. Confidential was in there that same year, and that's I mean that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's like the only reason I know kind of what happened in '97 is I remember that's the <laughs> fucking, excuse me 
That's the it's fine. stupid year <laughs> that uh, Titanic beat L.A. Confidential for Best Picture. It's just, it still infuriates me. Uh, it's, it's I'm a Titanic defender, uh, so I'm I'm fine with Titanic winning Best Picture. I'm a Titanic I, defender, and I still think L.A. Confidential should have won. Or Boogie Nights wasn't even nominated, was it that year? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, and and really out of the nominees remember, for Best Picture. Read them. Most none of them have aged well, other than L.A. Confidential. Like as good as it gets, yeah, I mean, oh. did, did not age well. The Full Monty, I can't believe that got nominated for Best <laughs> Picture. I mean, it, it's probably as good as it ever was, but it was such a weird. As good as it gets. It was like, and, a, it was uh, like are, you, are you are you ready for one of the only movies that is almost less subtle than Titanic? Goodwill Hunting is the other one. I'll defend Goodwill Hunting too. Of course you will. I'll I'll defend Goodwill Hunting. Oh I, my god. I like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. You know, uh, I won't defend Goodwill Hunting, but I do want to say that I want to defend that Ben Affleck just seems like the best guy and I want to defend him. No. I'm just kidding, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Mad on It's a really weak year in the at the Oscars. <laughs> it's it's pretty stunning. Uh Boogie Nights obviously is awesome, and that was nominated for screenplay. And Julianne yep. Moore was nominated for supporting actress. But wow, you look through the main categories, and uh, it's ba- basically the same nominees for best director. the The thing that gets replaced is the uh, James L. Brooks isn't nominated, but Adam McGoyan is. So James Cameron beat uh, Gus Van Sant and Adam McGoyan, Curtis Hanson, and this Peter Caneo guy for. Full Monty for Best Picture. I, I don't know if, what else he's even done. It's I don't hear anything about that. That's like the yeah, um, he hasn't done much. I he did, did the Rocker. <laughs> is that the one with the dude from The Office? It is. Oh yeah, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was thinking of the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Wow. E- equally forgotten, I think. Hmm. Um, Anyways, whatever. I was gonna say that in the commentary. Uh, James Cameron briefly, this is all he says about the King of the World line. He says, yeah, I took a lot of flack for it, but the fans get it. <laughs> that's, Hyphanics. That's pretty much a quote, a direct quote there. I may have paraphrased just a little, but he does say, like, I think the real fans understand why. I, want to get, I only have one more interesting note on the minute, so I'll get that out okay. of the way. The guy who good. hands the captain the tea... Yes. looks a lot like McNulty from The Wire. I thought that too. Okay, good, because I looked it up. It's not, but I looked uh, it yeah, up. It's not, not Dominic West. He does look like a less wrinkled Dominic West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, kind of my, my history, the thing that jumps out to my head about Titanic is, you know, it had that super long run in theaters, and I don't know if it was because I was a 14-year-old boy and it was a romance and I just kind of was not keen to rush out and see it. So it was actually a long time. And by the time I finally went and saw it, two two girls talking at a Target store had uh, spoiled the ending for me. Uh, so I went in knowing what was going to happen. And that's, you know, maybe my sinks. strongest... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my strongest memory was going in the whole... T- you know, spending three hours just waiting for him to sink into that ocean. Um, so that's, that's kind of my strong memory on that. Watching it today, though... The whole time I was, I just looking at my wife and I was going like, "Is this good?" I no, I couldn't tell. It's not. Yeah, it's so expensive and it's so well, meticulously fair, made that like it kind of tricks you sometimes into thinking it's good. But I I just 
I'm not sure if I sat down and watched all three hours if I would consider that a good use of my time or not. To be fair, you watched uh, up till this minute and then stopped, right? Correct. So, like, 20 of those minutes are the worst 20 minutes in movie history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on the Keldish. There's yeah. no reason that that stuff shouldn't just be cut out of the movie entirely, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've had yeah, this discussion. And, I mean, yeah. I can't... I w- I'm excited to listen to the episodes you guys have recorded and hear about just how god-awful... <laughs> Excuse me again. <laughs> it's, it gets me real riled up thinking yeah. about just how much of a waste of my time... Uh, that whole thing with Bill Paxton and that fat redhead guy who's just made a, a <laughs> Harry dick Knowles. for no... It's Harry Knowles. Oh, he <laughs> totally is a Harry... Is he... Is Harry Knowles a thing by then? Were they actively satirizing Her- him? Uh, no, that's James Cameron's friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And one, one thing about lot. Harry Knowles that... One thing about Harry Knowles that I don't think we actually mentioned, he actually had a role in salvaging Titanic's reputation before it came out because up until uh then everything about titanic was oh it's a disaster they had to push back the release date blah 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 harry knowles back then this is kind of his prime years he got into an early test screening loved it and really kind of started critical good good word of mouth and but that's what. Uh, but easy joke. But I, I, again, there's no way to really measure, you know, exactly how what a role he had. But and I've seen this from people besides Harry Knowles. They say, yeah, he did have some part in starting to sway public opinion that this movie was just going to be a disaster. But the, but the, these directors paid him to do this stuff. Like, like he, uh, Peter Jackson did the same thing with Lord of the Rings. Like. He, Harry Knowles was given access to the set. Peter Jackson paid for his hotel room right. to stay there and like visit the set all the time and give them good press on that dumb website, whatever it's called. Like uh, Harry Knowles is just a fanboy who will all you need to do is be nice to him and give him money and access, and he'll write good things about your movie. And you, do you think James Cameron's above that? No, I'm not saying he is. No, I, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. You know that, but like, it's just another example of Harry Knowles just right being, being an awful garbage. Yeah. yeah. Have you I, guys it, have you guys talked at all about uh, Harry Knowles's review of the Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas? We haven't talked about it, but I am familiar with it. And is it's, it? It is like he talks about Viva Rock Vegas like. Um, if Roger Ebert was reviewing Raging Bull, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I believe an exact quote is. Stephen Baldwin becomes Barney Rubble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure James Cameron or someone at Paramount or Fox uh, realized that this uh, portly fellow had harnessed the internet and was using it to uh, sway opinion. So, yeah, for all we know, 20th Century Fox, James Cameron just, you know, dumped a bunch of Taco Bell gift certificates at his house. <laughs> they uh, they got him a kegerator filled with Mountain Dew. <laughs> his mom's in- house, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh Tim, before before we go, I was wondering if you could uh tell our listeners about your podcast. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh so I have a podcast called 20 Years of Nitro. A friend of mine and I we uh, watch episodes of WCW Monday Nitro. Uh, we started at the 20th anniversary of Monday Nitro. 
Um, so we were kind of keeping up and, and releasing things on the exact 20th anniversary of when they aired. Uh, we sort of got off that schedule, and now episodes just come out when we feel like it. But we are right up to the point, uh, kind of a massive point for anyone who followed wrestling in around the same time as Titanic, uh, yeah. when Hulk Hogan became a bad guy and formed the NWO with uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. So even if you're not into wrestling now, you think wrestling's dumb, I think a lot of people remember that moment, and we're kind of that reliving was, those days. That was huge. You know what? If you think wrestling's dumb, you're dumb. I <laughs> I mean, the, the the great thing is wrestling is dumb, but it's also great. You know, it's it's just a fantastic form of entertainment. And I think anyone that thinks they wouldn't enjoy wrestling just hasn't found the right wrestling to, to take yeah. in yet. Yeah. Even as someone who hasn't really watched wrestling with any uh, real attention in a good 20 years, like, I totally see the appeal. It's just something I kind of fell out of and it was too hard to get back in. Well... Thanks a lot, Tim. You guys, yeah, thank thanks, you man. so much. Uh, I had a blast. It was fun. I'm looking forward to uh, watching the rest of this movie and, and listening <laughs> to your podcast to walk me through it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Titanic Minute. Um.